quite enough. Just stop. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Zip it. Shush, please. <laughs> yes, I can hear. Calm down, mate. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Welcome. This week's guest, I'm chatting to Laura Daniels, and you are um, a comedian. You're an act- actor. Yeah. Do you say actor? Actor, or, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you're young, you know, you, you're, I don't, did you ever go through the actress thing or you were just an actor from the word go? I went through, I went through actress, and, but when I was at drama school, it was definitely like, you can call us actors though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good, good. But I went through actress and comedian. <laughs> yeah, I prefer um, comedian too. Like I hate when people go, you're a comedian. Yeah, comedian. Like, Why don't you go fucking uppercut yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comedian sounds like something like if you already have a sugar and cinnamon donut and then you add a little something to it and then I put just a little dusting of comedian over it. Yeah. You know, mm. Wasn't like actor and actress, oh, sorry, actress and comedian in, however you say it, wasn't that because like it means like lesser than or something? Yeah, well, it feels lesser than. We should still keep the term, but it's like not yeah. assigned to sex. <laughs> so yeah, you just let it. Like, if you're still a rookie comic, you're a comedian. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or if you're, if you're a pro, but you really shouldn't be. No, I see we've got a comedian, comedian. on Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> I mean, fuck, we've all worked with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're usually not ladies. No. Okay, so you're 30. 31. Hey, you're 30, but also why are you bringing it up? <laughs> you don't bring up the age thing. <laughs> yes, I'm Do you 30. care how old you are? Oh, I guess not. I don't know. 30 is that kind of weird stage where you're like, okay, you're in a you're in Now a, you have to lock in if you're going to give a fuck about it or not. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But do, like what I do um, when I'm on stage too, from when I was 42, I'd start saying I'm um, mid-40s. Yeah, right. And I'll say, I'll stay with mid-40s till I'm 49. Then I'll go. I'm 50. So then I'm going to stick with 50 till I'm like 53 and then I'll go, I'm mid-50s. So right. I just kind of give it a ballpark because I don't really think anyone gives a fuck. Well, I'm just going to stick with early 30s for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, do it. You've got the skin for it. Yeah, I'll give it a nudge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's sort of the – but I guess, I mean, I I just did an interview with someone for a newspaper or something and she goes – how old are you now? And I always find it so fascinating when they put your Ishlakalsen, 45, and where you live out of West Auckland. I'm like, what are we writing a fucking obituary here? What's happening? Also, that's too much information. I don't, like, yeah. pe- people will join the dots. Not all yeah, the dumbasses, but, but some people will. <laughs> yeah, but whenever I read that, and she's got two children, and they, what's your children's ages? Why? What the fuck are we doing here? Well, actually, uh, yeah, what difference does it make if you have yeah. your age in an article or not? I got kind of offended because it, like on my Wikipedia page it says I'm 31. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. just, that's wrong. That's Age me yeah. down at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock yeah. a few years off here. Come on. Yeah, I've, I find all that stuff fascinating. The thing that gets me is uh, I just got a personal trainer. and um, Congrats. Oh, thank you. He, he does that thing where they, you know, they weigh you and measure you. Oh, yeah. And I always found it quite, like I got him before I started Taskmaster. Yeah. We've been together for a year. And then um, he started, oh, I, I'm going to measure you and weigh you. And that was fine. And and then I had to take some time off after I broke my collarbone on the show. Oh, yeah. um, and then uh, 
Yeah, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one's getting sued here. No. I did something dumb and I broke my collarbone. Anyway, but then I took some time off because of that and then I went overseas for The Masked Singer. And then coming back, it goes, as soon as you get back, we're getting back into it because, you know, everything yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of ground to a halt. And I'm like, okay, so now he's back and he goes, oh, we'll do the assessment on the first. I go, no. You're not, because it's just so, like, I just worry about that first day. I go, you know what? I don't see the point. Like, you're going to see progress. You'll see my clothes is getting smaller or I'm getting better at doing push-ups. Yeah. We don't need to weigh me to see the progress. And the only reason anyone ever needs to know my weight or the only person that ever needs to know my weight is my anesthetist. Unless you're doing surgery on me, you don't fucking need to know. That is such a good point. This is yeah. This is something that I've also been involved with recently because like just that last week, just before, the day before we went into lockdown, I started yeah. a new challenge. So you go into the gym and you get the full body scan and it gives you, it tells you your weight. It tells you like yeah. how much it, like each limb weighs. So like if oh you're balanced God. or unbalanced, it also yeah. tells you what your metabolic age is. Oh yes. I'm 4,022. Yeah. I'm like a 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm 54, unhealthy yeah. wise. <laughs> I'm a t- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I went in and I did the scan because I've had this scan done before. And it is, it's like, it's one of those things you don't actually need to know if you're just being healthy then like, or just trying yeah. to like make small improvements, you'll just do it. Um, so yeah. I got the guy, I was like, hey. And he was like, hi, nice to see you back. How did you go last time? I'm like, well, you didn't see me at the end result. So I obviously didn't finish yeah. it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. okay. So then he um, puts me on the scales. I was like, I really don't want to know how much I weigh. And he was like, okay. And then he covered the thing for me. He gave me my yeah. printout sheet and he folded it in half. And then I took it home and I spent the whole day. I didn't look at it. And I was like, I'm just going to wait until the end of the eight weeks. Then I'll have a look yeah. and see what improvement I've made. And then yeah. within, I want to say about an hour, I had looked at the, <laughs> the information <laughs> and spiraled. And then the next day we were in a lockdown. So there we go. Yeah. So see, now you're in this weird thing where you know too much. There is a thing like knowing too fucking much. We're like, <laughs> just feel that shit right back. I don't need to. You know, like this isn't the 70s and the 80s where, you know, I remember my mom joined Wayless, which is like Weight Watchers, but with a support oh, yeah. group where you go every week and then all the ladies have a way in and they sit in these rows. Like I can remember going with her and then she would have to go get on the scales and they go, well, Letty, you're down 400 grams. And then they, they would take out like slices of bread, go, this is what you've lost. Or if you gain, it's <laughs> yeah. the same. They do the same. They fucking shame you in front of all those bitches. And I remember, like, I think her weigh-in was on a Wednesday. From Monday, it was just panic the whole time till Wednesday because she just had to lose enough. So she would just be on rice crackers for two days till she got to the weigh-in. And then it was a pig-out day the day after. And it's like, why are we doing this? And then I'm like, okay, I'm I'm never going to do that. But then I did it with him the first few months. And I was like, always when he go on Monday's assessment day, I would just stress out the whole weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, no, I know. I, I can ride my exercise bike for 30 minutes. I can do weights. I do like 30 kgs, you know, lift and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I don't, I know I'm stronger. I can yeah. feel like, because when I started, it was only like eight kgs and now I'm up to 30. So I know I'm stronger. Shit, yeah. You know, and my arm hasn't fallen off. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's ask you something, because on that, because I do think it's a generational thing too, because, yeah. you know, as you guys so put out so well in your rap on the show, we are old, um, <laughs> that and all. But I think there's like a generational thing with that, that you know, comics my age, like say the Gen X's. Yeah. 
versus the younger comics. Like you guys, I just find there's so much more, your actual friends, like there's a lot more inclusivity and you don't mind holding each other up, you know, working together for the greater good. Whereas I think the Gen Xs, like my group, is more like we're all by ourselves and it's not like, you know, someone will step on your head at some point. It's a given. Absolutely, yeah. Why do you think that is? So you're the generation that's below baby boomers, above millennials. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. so you're saying your generation has that pull the ladder up mentality. Yeah. 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 I've already made it. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it does it come with it. Like, I don't think personally I have it. I don't think I have it. I think no, no, well, no. I hope that I'm very inclusive. I hope that I'm, you know, that people will go, oh, I can, I can ask her, she'll you know, guide me in the right direction. I hope I'm that person. But I've definitely, and I think maybe maybe it's because I got to comedy late because I only started when I was um, 32, 33. Yeah. And so I think maybe I didn't have that sort of super competitive, you know, there is only this one job going this week and I need to pay my rent kind of. I I don't have that. And maybe it's the fact that I have a backup plan that I go, well, if this goes tits up, I can go back to what I did before. Yeah, I think it could be a mix of those things, but I also think sometimes when you're like just genuinely good at something, you um your your rise goes a bit quicker than others. So I think like you've like getting to know you from doing Taskmaster and stuff, um, like it sounds like you kind of you know, you just tour a lot by yourself because that's the level you've gotten to. Um, I think with our younger generation, when you're like trying to get in, it's like, ah, oh, where can I book gigs? How can I get like, uh, oh, yeah. to be honest, like um, we, we, we did that snort group. We've started snort and we're still in snort. It's been going for eight years. So it's like forces you to be collaborative. Super successful. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been, I've been in it once or twice. Yeah, 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 yeah you have. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like w- when I started doing comedy, I was coming in on that wave of it was after you, but uh, yeah. there was still that wave of like, oh, uh, we need more women in comedy. We like need to get yeah. women more, and, and along like TV stuff as well. Um, so I was I, I was fresh on that new wave. Yeah, because I I feel like you you were the same. Like I you just started. I and and you were just great immediately, and you were on everything, and you still are. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know what it is. I, I kind of I remember talking to like Rose Matafeo about it back in the day because she was yeah. like someone that I worked with a lot when we first when I first started. She always had this like theory of just cream rises to the top. <laughs> so, yeah. So you um, totally. And I think that's something with that what our generation does is that we like try to surround ourselves by like not dickheads. So if you're yeah. like if you're not, <laughs> and that's something I've always been taught throughout my whole career is if you're a dickhead, dickhead, you are um you're just not going to keep working because people don't want to be around you. So that's the thing. It's like if you're a cock, you don't get a lot of cocks when you go to like say if you're just for laughs and you're backstage and yeah. you know Montreal at a thing and you look around and you go everyone's so nice and you go everyone is nice. Because none of the cockheads get invited. Yes, I, I, I've always worked quite collaboratively, um, like yeah. especially our group, and like that's because I've I've probably worked with Monty for um, Guy Montgomery, who's also on the show. Yeah. Um. So we've been in the same improv group for eight years now, and we've all got the same mentality of like, if you want to jam ideas, if you want to do anything, or if you want to like show someone something, you do it because it like helps you both kind of like learn and. And it does. It makes the industry stronger. 
but like, I know we kind of forced that on you guys when we did Taskmaster as well, because we like David Corrales has recently joined our improv group as well. And then we're like, okay, let's all do <laughs> warm up games before the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It was fun because I've never yeah other people. It makes you bond faster, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we won't say anything about the nangs we did after because that was also a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> On multiple occasions. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have known? <laughs> so you're from small, I was saying small town, but when you're in Palmerston North, you think you're the big shit. Yeah. Um, you know, especially compared to like fielding or something. So for those who don't know New Zealand, Palmerston North is next to fielding uh, and fielding is where my in-laws are from. Yes. It's basically, fuck all happens every half an hour and it lasts for an hour. And Palmerston North is very similar, more bogan, but have a bigger mall. Yeah. Or have a mall. Not a bigger mall, just a mall. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big mall for Palmy. Yeah. I moved to Auckland. I was sitting on the side of the pool with Lido. I was like, you know what? And then I handed him my resignation. I moved up. I didn't get into drama school. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, but I did get onto the waiting list. And I waited it out, and then I got in. <laughs> how big is this waiting list to get in? How, how big a demand is it to get into drama school, or is it just not a lot of intake? Oh no, like it's not a lot of intake. So I think they choose eighteen people, and oh. out of like a few hundred, I think audition. Yeah. Uh, these initial auditions, which are like quite a lot, and then they go a callback weekend, which is a few hundred people, and then they make eighteen yeah. out of that. Just making it in is already a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. That's like I went to drama school with, uh, you know, Eli Matthewson. He works on your show. Mm. And we're still yeah. friends. And James Roque, still friends. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I actually got into comedy is I went to drama school with those guys and they started out in our final year doing stand-up and I'd go along to the classic with them in their gigs. And then yeah. that's yeah. when we noticed, oh, there's a shortage of girls doing this. <laughs> I can be a comedian. Yeah. And what a, what a great <laughs> opportunity. I was already an actress. <laughs> Why not get another badge? That's kind of how it all happened, really. And then how soon um, did you start doing television? Did you start on Jono and Ben? No, actually, the story of how I started doing television is crazy-ish. Okay, so I I did my first Raw, like my first ever stand-up set, Raw Monday night. I did it. It went, I'm not going to lie, it killed. It went really well. Um, Well done. I wouldn't do the set again now, but at the time I was like, I just realized this is a audio medium and you couldn't see my gestures that I was doing. That was massive. It was impressive. <laughs> and that was what, what your first role went like. It was really good. <laughs> anyway, there was a TV producer sitting in the audience and he came up. Which one? The Bailey, Mackie, I remember him. Uh, oh, he yeah. came up and he gave me his card and he was like, come have a meeting with me next Monday. And I was like, what? Yeah. But the great news was he didn't realize he was at like a raw night. He was just out like kind of scouting, which never happens. You never have people no. scouting. Well, no, way. I disagree with that. You okay. have that all the time. That's how I got onto have you been paying attention in Australia. Really? Yeah. Tell you so. Yeah, no, that it literally happened on my first gig. And then I kind of, yeah, I, I, I ended up doing this show. Do you remember it? It was, um, and I had no experience whatsoever. It was called Happy Hour. <laughs> it was on TV One. It was hosted by Timurera Morrison and uh, had the Modern Māori Quartet in it as well. And yeah, I know it was on Channel One yeah. over your head. But anyway, it was fun. It was like my first experience into television. And then after that, That's I was fine. like, 
I was like, you know, yeah, I I could do something. Um, I had no idea how to do anything back then. But then I emailed pretty much the producers at John and Ben. I think Rose got me on to do a couple of sketches. And so they kind of knew who I was. And I sent Bronwyn, the, the producer back in the day, I sent her an email every day telling her I was available. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I was working at a clothing store at the time and I'd be like, hi, just um, if you need any writers this week, I'm free. And I'd do it like every week until she That's eventually great. was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're short this week. Come in. That's great. That's how you hustle. That's how you do it. You hustle. You absolutely hustle. Yeah. I hustled so hard. And then um, my first like proper gig, I wrote ads for Rose to do. Like Rose was away. And then I like wrote ads for her to do. And then they made the ads. Then we like started, then Funny Girls happened and it just went like, like that because, but only because I kept hustling. Yeah. No one's going to push you as Fuck much no. as you will. I'm a huge fan and I always recommend it to everyone. I did it for my friend the other week. They were, she was unsure if like she was going to get this house or not. And I'm like, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to send another email. They're like, yeah. oh, but I already sent an email last night. I was like, send one now. No. I wrote yeah. them an email. You want them to get to a point where they're like, just fucking deal with this thing now. <laughs> that's how I, honestly, that's what I say to people with immigration issues too. They go, yeah, um, I'm still waiting to hear if I, you know what? I moved to New Zealand on a whim and I got work permit and I got residence within three months because yeah. I phoned my um, caseworker every day at noon. That yeah. cunt knew. Yeah. When the phone rang at noon, oh, fuck, it's that bitch again. <laughs> he would know. Noon, I, w- I would sit at my job at Ogilvy, go, guys, I just need to phone immigration. I would phone every day. Hi, just checking in to see how my paperwork's going. Yeah, nothing different than yesterday. Okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I swear to God, after two months, he goes, I'm processing it. It's gone. Oh, please don't phone me again. I, I've posted it off. Okay, all right, I'll phone you tomorrow to see how you're doing. I was like Ted Lasso. When I watched Ted Lasso and he goes, I'll be back tomorrow, and he just kept going with the biscuits. I don't know if you've seen yes, Ted Lasso. Yes, no, absolutely. I'm Victory. Ted Lasso with the biscuits. Yeah. I'm like, look, I know you're not into this, but I'm happy for me to do this. I'll see you tomorrow. Honestly, it's the best advice you could give anyone. Just like keep, keep, just keep going, and like, just you just got to get rid of the embarrassment because I think that's a real yeah. problem. You probably don't have it being South African, but like yeah. being a New Zealander is a real problem. Like you're just too nervous to like ever put someone out or to be an inconvenience, yeah. and that's something yeah. I always have to struggle against. I'm like, oh no, that would be so annoying if someone did that. But then, yeah, you yeah, I can get anywhere. I was not a writer either. <laughs> I yeah, just say, no one is. No, no, no one's ever anything. <laughs> you just say that you're the thing and then you'll yeah, become the thing. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I mean, you, you get a lot of other problems after that because you get imposter syndrome and all those types of things. But I think you just naturally get that for being a woman that you're just born with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you're going to get that if you have kids. You're like, oh, my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. But, you know, you, you're, you're fine. You're fine. No one knows what they're doing. I mean, fuck, if we're all just stuck with our first jobs, you'd still be a lifeguard throwing Snickers in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with the way these lockdowns are going, that's still, it's still a real possibility. That's what I'll come yeah. out as. <laughs> no, for um, – promoters or you know scouts going to shows I've been scouted so many times like all of my big gigs have come from scouts being at my shows and just that's why I do so many festivals and that's why because in Adelaide I got picked up to go do something in Melbourne in Melbourne I got picked up to go do something in in Montreal in Montreal I got picked up to go do a Netflix special and um you know like it just kept escalating in Melbourne too I got picked to go do the other Netflix special and then I was still playing small rooms in Melbourne. I think I was playing a hundred and hundred and eighty seater or hundred and twenty seater, and um, 
I was doing my show, man up, and then afterwards I, I would always go out and thank the audience for coming. Yeah. And then there was a woman who gave me a business card. Now, people always give business cards for everything from free coffee mugs to whatever. And she gave me a card and she goes, um, give me a call. I really, I want you to come and see us. We do this TV show and I think it'll be great for it. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, then I find my manager and I go, look, I got a card from this woman. Is this legit or whatever? And she goes, uh, yeah, that's working dog. <laughs> they do have you been paying attention. You definitely want to give them a call. And I gave them a call. And then the next week I went to have a look, see, uh, and then the week after that I was on, have you been paying attention Australia? And that just kind of opened other doors for me. But that's what I always say, like, you can't just keep doing the same shit over and over. You've got to hustle. You've got to go work at other, you know, even if you're not comfortable. Like, I, I am uncomfortable asking for work. Yeah. And I don't do it often, but I will put my name in the hat and I'll go do all these festivals and go do roadshows and whatever and make sure I'm always sober and know that I'm doing a good set on the night. And just from that alone, I think, honestly, just being sober. Yeah. Most of the time, like even in Montreal, when I spoke to one of the producers who who then, and I didn't even know it was a producer, I actually thought she was one of the other guy's managers. I was sober and everyone else was drunk. And I honestly think that was the thing that got me through, you know, we were just chatting and everyone else was shit-faced. So I don't always think I might not always be the perfect person for the job, but I'm the... Better choice because I'm sober. Well, you, you'll be a, d- a delight to fucking work with. <laughs> <laughs> You're just proving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it brings us back to what we're talking about. People don't want to work with dickheads. There we go. It's all fucking full circle, man. And that's why I think it, it is also really important to have those like peers that you can collaborate with and can also keep yeah. you in check. Because I was thinking about that during our conversation. I was like, why do we all support each other a lot? And like, why does it keep working that way? And another reason it's been quite good I know there was a stage where I was doing John and Ben and doing like heaps of live shows and we're doing studio records all the time. And like one of my close peers was real honest with me and being like, you're kind of sounding like a bit of a dick right now. Like, you know, we're just trying to write you something funny to do for the segment tonight. And it's kind of coming across like it's not good enough. And he sat me down. He was real honest with me about it. And I was like, oh, shit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really good. And then like now I'm like so hyper aware of it, (laughs) like how you come across to people. So you didn't take offense. You're still you're still talking to the friend that pulled you out. No, I didn't take offense. Uh and I'm in fact engaged to that person. So it was Joseph. Well, I I was gonna ask you about I was gonna bring that up now. I was like you're doing the one thing that I can never fucking wrap my head around. It, to me is a total I can't wrap my head around it. Even if I like normal friends, like civilians, you know, in normal lives, right? Yeah. And they go, Ooh, so and so is hot. I go, he's a comedian. Don't fucking go there. We're crazy. We're completely fucking nuts. I wouldn't date me. <laughs> like I don't I just all over the shop. Like don't touch a comedian and yet you knowing that yeah. you know that you're on the inside you know what your head is like absolutely you have gone and picked another one like you ah. what is that like madness <laughs> yeah. but does it make it better because you both understand how nuts it is on the inside because i don't think people understand how fucking crazy this industry is or even the hours you know when when the world is open and you you guys tour and you know yeah absolutely um i think it's yeah it's it's a, it's a it just makes our relationship real different to other people's yeah. <laughs> because because it's like got all that external pressure of also like you know if you have a disagreement with the person you work with 
It's like, yeah. yeah, you can like go away and then like be like, oh man, they were being a dick. And you confide mm-hmm. in maybe your partner. But then the person you had a disagreement with at work is also your partner. <laughs> so oh, it takes no. <laughs> Honestly, it takes a it takes a lot. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's not always easy, but like we've made it work and it's been yeah. it's been good. I think the problem was is that we worked together really well for a long time before we actually got together. So okay. the moment we crossed the line, it was like well, we've got to do this or everything's fucked. <laughs> yeah. We've got to yeah, make it, it work. Yeah, you're sort of in that do or die situation. You're like, fuck, I'm going to have to give you two and a half children now. Yeah, pretty much meant it was like, cool. <laughs> we were both like, all right, well, I guess we're all in. And <laughs> <laughs> in saying that, there is like, you know, there are all the positives. They're like, you know, um, can be really supportive and understanding of what is, you know, happening in the other person. But yeah. the other thing is... um because we're both freelancers so we've got our joint work which is a lot of the stuff and then we've got our separate work but all of it's freelance so when it goes into a lockdown or something it's like all right who's gonna make money now (laughs) yeah but isn't it good that you know even during lockdown like I you know I lost 95 because most of my stuff I I don't really do a lot of tv it's all Stand up, it's live stuff. So I lost more than 95% of my income. But then, you know, because you can hustle, I was doing shit that I never thought I'd do. You know, everything from voiceovers to voice work to writing for other. I I was like, this is insane. I love it. I love that we have that, the freedom to do it. Yeah. It's really good. I think, me, it's probably because you've got a hustler mentality. You'll always be fine, even yeah. when you feel, because I think it's real easy in lockdowns as well to like blame yourself and be like, you're not doing enough or you're like not like yeah. making forward. But if you're like one of those people that will hustle for things, you'll always like figure out a way. That's what my friend oh, yeah. told me the other week when I was freaking out anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I reckon if you're one of those people who go, look, I'll shuffle dog shit on the equator in a wetsuit if I have to. Like there's nothing that's below me. I'll do do anything that's a good way to live then you have it's weirdly the minute you have that mentality you never have to go that far because it's like there's a lot of opportunities for you then yeah when you go i'll fucking do anything <laughs> if you, I'll if suck you it's for bread money. <laughs> so you're saying if you like accept like the lowest thing possible you're like okay I'll shovel dog shit in the Antarctica. Is that what you were saying? I don't know what dog. Equator, whatever. Yeah. All right. Anything's a step up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually. I'd much rather because at least it's frozen turds in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let me ask you something. Let's get to the nuts and bolts of this thing. Um, What is the one thing that absolutely shits you to death about other people? Shits me to death about other people. Fuck. Oh. I do have a high tolerance for annoying things, but I also know I get annoyed a lot. Yeah. Well, that's why I've got a nasally voice. I can live with myself. (laughs) 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 I've built up some tolerance here. What shits me about other people? Fucking people just are... I mean, there's a lot of things. Now we're now we're going to open up a can of worms. Yeah, something that shits me in general. Okay, now this might not be for everyone, but I get furious, like furious. Here we go. If I don't have the thing I wanted to eat in front of me, like like if I order something and the order's wrong, <laughs> I get fucking furious <laughs> because yeah. I, if I've if I've got like a craving in my head or something I know I want to eat, um, and it's not. It's not the right thing. Most people are just like, okay, well, I'll eat whatever this is. Nah, I'll like it'll ruin my day. 
and I won't say anything about it. Oh, so you won't send stuff back to the kitchen? No, 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 because I've got, I'm also like in completely, um, I've, I've got, I'm obsessively, uh, well, I don't know, I'm obsessed with what people uh, think about me as well. So, um, no, I would never be that rude to send it back, <laughs> but I'd just be absolutely furious and I'd be, yeah, like I said, it would maybe even ruin my week. I mean, that, that is pretty frustrating. See, I'm the opposite. I will literally eat anything. If people bring it to the table and they go, you ordered the vegan whatever, and I'm like, oh, fucking didn't, but okay. Yeah. Looks all right. I'll just eat it. I don't care. I think it's also just years of being a waitress. I'm like, look, this bitch is overworked. I'll just eat whatever the fuck she brought out. Not so much in a restaurant situation. Like, I mean, like, okay, like, say you, like, order something. Oh, this is a real bad one, maybe. I don't know. But, like... Uh, okay, this is how far it stems. So, like, Joseph, my partner, would, yeah. um, he'd, like, sometimes do a surprise. Like, he's like, oh, I've sorted dinner out and I've ordered something. But it's, like, not the thing I was thinking about in my head that I felt uh, like. And yes. it has to be, like, thanks. And then he gets angry at me and then, that's not a very good one. What else shits be? <laughs> <laughs> Influences. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, although I think there's definitely been a handbrake on that during this um, pandemic. Yeah, actually, there has. It hasn't been as bad this time around because I think everyone's like, we don't really give a fuck, right? Yeah, I think I think people's tolerance for other people getting free shit and then pushing it has really dropped. When people go, look, we're all going through shit. It's like when people send me messages now and go, can you send you know my maid a message? She's really had a tough year. Who's had a great fucking year? Honestly, <laughs> let's see a show of hands here. Who's had a great year? Yeah. Your mate ain't alone. All right. Hey, I've got a good one for you. I've got a good one. Okay, go. Not relevant right now because we're not flying, but flying. You know, the people that stand up first. Oh, the- yes. Okay. And here's the thing. My partner is one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't I- marry him. Don't marry him. <laughs> I'm telling you now, you need to go to therapy before you get married and go, look, he's doing that thing because even the therapist will be like, Joseph, will you just step out for a moment? Yeah. And then just look at you and go, don't fucking marry him. You can't get it out of him. That's going to be the thing, you know, when you just meet someone and you're like, that's so sweet when you brush your teeth. It's just toothpaste all over. In five years, you're going to go wipe that shit (laughs) off your face. (laughs) Well, because, like, so he genuinely believes that you should be able to, if you stand up first, you should be able to leave first. Whereas I'm like, you just go row by row, wait your turn, yeah. it's fine, help people. Yeah, we're in row down. 21, sit down. Yeah, yeah, sit the fuck down. But no, he'd rather like stand like that. <laughs> and he oh believes that. He said to me yeah. that that is the hill he's willing to die on. <laughs> well, <laughs> unfortunately, he won't be alone. That hill will be packed with other people waiting to die with him. But the thing, like now, when I, I flew out of Sydney on one of those mercy flights, yeah. right, back to Auckland a couple of weeks ago and, as soon as we landed, so we knew the drill. You get to the airport, you have to wait because the um, New Zealand Defence Force will come and get us from the plane. Oh, of course, that's more of an intense flight, isn't we're it? Going, yeah, we're going through <laughs> four sets of, you know, safety, security, nursing, you know, everything. Don't tell me someone stood up. Every motherfucker <laughs> on that plane jumped up. I couldn't believe it. I'm looking around going, A, we're supposed to be socially distancing. B, we're waiting for the New Zealand Defence Force to come and get us and then we're going to be stuck in a room for two weeks. Sit on your ass. Take your time. Relax. 
Where are you going? You've got nowhere to be. What the? Nowhere. What? What? what who in your right mind does that? <laughs> and also, it's like we weren't allowed to go collect our baggage. So you can't even go. They were thinking, oh, I have to go get my bag. I want to get my bag first. You know, you can't. We weren't even allowed that. We literally were walked two meters distance and there were um, defense force personnel all the way going, keep your distance, stay on the sticker. You basically walk from sticker to sticker to sticker. They say, stand here, stand here, stand here. But as soon as that plane, the the air bridge wasn't even connected. They were all up. I'm like, where the fuck are you going? And then they all just kind of like with their necks kind of cranked. Yeah, to the side, (laughs) hanging around. Oh, my God. That was embarrassing to see. Okay, what is the one thing about you that shits you to death? It's It's probably the food thing I was talking about before. What else do I do that's really annoying? Yeah, no, I think it's that. I think it's uh, the thing that annoys me about myself is, uh, yeah, if I, if, I, if I really am craving something, I'll think obsess over that food all day and think about it until I've made, you know, like a tan-tan ramen from scratch. Um, and it's never good. I never enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm always constantly <laughs> disappointed. The legs I will go to <laughs> yeah. to, to sedate those cravings. What, what we're hearing here is you have really high expectations. You don't share your dreams with anyone and then you just set yourself up for disappointment and failure. Yeah. No, that sounds pretty basically. accurate representation of me. <laughs> <laughs> I never meet my own standards. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good, though. That's good because you're always going to push harder. Yeah. <laughs> Can never just chill. <laughs> yeah. I'm pleasable. I can't, I can't please myself. How much do I owe you for the therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we are at an hour now, so it is a therapy okay. session. I'm booking in for um, three more. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I can't say I I share that with you. I um because I'm happy to eat anything. Yeah, you're literally happy. To you're eat more anything. laid back. Well, with that, that's literally the only thing <laughs> that I'm laid back with. Everything else, the rage is there. What are you super uptight about um, at the moment? What's your most the thing you're most uptight with? Uh, it'd probably be anti vaxxers right? It's anti vaxxers and people who can't just follow the rules. Like they they go, I, I they refuse to wear a mask, and I I just cannot get my head around it. I'm like, why is that the one thing that you're like, I won't fucking do it? Like a woman yeah. said yesterday, she was in a full scale screaming match with a security lady. Um, at the countdown and she's like, I won't wear a mask. Jacinda's not my prime minister. If you want to wear a mask, that's your prerogative. And I'm like, it's not a prerogative. It's a rule. Like the prime minister said to do it. So you have to do it. Like just put the mask on. Yeah. And she's like, no, she's not my prime minister. She's your prime minister. I go, well, if you live in this country, she's your prime minister and it doesn't matter. Just put the fucking mask on. It's like, I won't. I go, okay, but then you can't shop here. It's that simple. Yeah. It's like the rule is, it's like swimming naked. Fuck yeah, we all like it. But when you go to the pool, you got to wear the yeah. pants. That's how it works. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like no one is put, no one likes wearing masks. Just no one like wearing a mask. I got a zit on the tip of my nose no from one, wearing a mask too much. Masks suck. We all can understand that yeah. masks suck. But we're they, yeah. the, the people that aren't going like, oh yes, big mask is making more money now. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? There well, no there's one woman mask. that said, "This is all just big pharma trying to make money." I'm like, by giving away free vaccines, how how does that work? No one's getting paid from this. The whole world is yeah. losing money. Like, I just I think lack of common sense. People just not thinking about stuff and go, even if I, like, I don't like wearing a mask. I don't, uh, you know, I'd much rather just have a good old breathing of New Zealand's air. But then I go, huh, this is what we all have to do. So let's just do it and get it done. But yeah. 
they don't. They don't think like that. They're like, I won't be forced to do. You are forced to do shit anyway. Yeah. You know, like you don't, if, if you say, I'm not going to listen to the government, so what, you're raping and murdering people? Because that's also what they tell you not to do. <laughs> Is that the line you use at the supermarket now? That's what I did yesterday at the dairy. Wow. I won't be told by this government what to do. They also tell you not to rape and murder, so do I need to watch my back? <laughs> oh, God, that just pissed me off. Uh, I just get so frustrated. I'm like, you're not very smart. You know, you're a smooth brain and you're raising smooth brains and it's a worry. Your kids see what you're doing. It's a silver lining of the pandemic, though, is that you, like, now you know. Now we've got more information on who those people are. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly it's gone from a virus to an IQ test. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush.